Welcome back, Ranch Nation. Hanging out with you guys from the East Valley Institute of Technology. Susie Sockets and myself. Ooh, yep. Frank, I don't have a nickname. I don't have a fancy nickname we like you. We don't. We got to give you one. I don't have a fancy nickname like Susie Sockets. We got to figure that. <laughs> I thought Frankie Knuckles may work, but the bottom line is no matter who Susie and I are, we are grateful that you mechanical maniacs can join Ranch Nation. Oh, yes, your mechanical vibe tribe, man. We're coming. We're, we're going on a journey with you every week. And uh, all of you listening, uh, Saturday replays uh, 90.7. The Neon, all you Neonites. <laughs> and, of course, our X family, an honor to be live with you right here at the East Valley Institute of Technology. And I got an affinity, and I think you will, too, with the trumpets. Please raise the trumpets. All right, that's how we do. We're just trying to blow out your speakers because we just <laughs> want to announce to you Ranch Nation Car Talk, your favorite car talk. Get on a RanchNation.tv. It's radio. We're not TV. We got a few videos. We're not we're not TV, but that was what was available. I could get the dot com. That's the truth of it. Maybe we'll maybe you can help me with that. <laughs> and plus we have a face for radio, Frank. We do. And <laughs> and so I want you guys to get on there cuz I know a lot of you guys uh, part of it's uh, ADD, some of you on medicine. You dip in and out. It's okay. <laughs> Susie, you on medicine? No, Frank. It seems like our whole world is on medicine right now. <laughs> you think I should be on medicine? Well, some would say it helps <laughs> even if you're normal. What I am saying to you guys, and I say this respectfully, I respect your time. And, and honestly, Susie and I just feel like, all right, we're going to interrupt your time. We better have a good reason. That's right. And maybe we failed you. And after seven minutes, you said, well, I don't want to shut these guys off. No, we're too exciting. We would just leave you with the fact of thank you and try again. Get on the <laughs> RanchStation.tv. There is going to be a show. I mean, we've had Tony Dow, Leave It to Beaver, 50-year uh, reunion with his Corvair. Yep. One of my favorite shows, um, we, we can officially say, Susie Sockets, that we interviewed a princess. Yes, we did. <laughs> the beautiful, lovely, God, a gifted automotive artist, Princess Vedita Singh out of Barwani, India. How many people do you think actually looked her up after hearing our show? I hope a lot. Man. I hope so You know, too. one of the things, look, we're straight ahead with you guys, is, um, yeah, I mean, we, we run a garage. It's, I mean, we stay busy and. You know, sometimes Susie Sockets is, you know, she's not feeling like Susie Sockets. <laughs> sometimes I forget to take my medicine. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I'm saying is that, you know, we, we put effort into the show. And, and primarily what, not only just trying to introduce some cool topics to you guys. And we have them today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce these topics. Yeah, we're going to need a two-hour show today. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. But what I'm saying is that we have a ton of great, talented folks. And, and, and we really like the art of promoting a lot of our guests. So when we ask you to take a look at their wares by the book, uh, we mean it because a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of us in the industry, you know, we're, we're not, you know, we're not professional PR people. We're not Madison Avenue types. You know, we're just a bunch of greasy mechanics trying to promote our <laughs> industry. Right. So, uh, and we always are appreciative that you guys can hang with us. And of course, if you have questions, about your car. Sometimes we don't get them on the show. Ranch Nation Facebook, God, approaching Susie, 70,000 likes. I mean, do I? Is That's that, impressive. It, 
Why? Why is... I like, because I only have two likes on my page. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to you guys listening right now, I mean, you feel better that you got more likes? It makes me feel good. I mean, that's a whole other genre of a show. That red notification bell has jacked us up. (laughs) I know. We depend on that thing. It releases. Yeah, it does. Endorphins. It does. Right? Somebody, who who is responsible for this? <laughs> it used to be we used to have just a drink to get some endorphins. Now we wait for that little red bell. But regardless, uh, each and every one of you, I think half of you, um, we're not sure how you found us, but the other half we know sincerely, a lot of you mechanics in the service bays and service advisors, whether you're working at uh, you know, a dealership with a nail salon or Gosh, a couple of you guys working for us in the back shop. <laughs> we appreciate you, and, and we're honored that you guys could spend the time. This show, I before we get into some news, and I have a few recalls, and I do have a rant about a particular recall situation. Uh, I think they should just call it exclusionary. In other words, recall, but your car didn't count. We're going to talk oh, about that. Yeah. We, had a, we had a client come in, and it was very frustrating. But uh, Jason Torchinsky uh, is, uh, well, uh, he's been on the show before. And we're going to bring him on here shortly. We'd like to reclassify him as a as just a guest to a show contributor. Yeah, he's amazing. He's a good guy. I mean, he's he's actually a talent, by the way, of looking at things from such a realistic approach that, holy schnizzies, this is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we get too serious. But uh, when you do put on the goggle of a little bit of lightheartedness to it, you realize, oh, my God, is it that true? Uh, but he is a writer, a gifted writer at that, I should say, and indulges in, uh, you know, we don't want to just leave it at oddities and some, uh, you know, car stuff that's really odd. We're going to talk about uh, one of the odd projects. God, it seems like he has a lot of odd projects. Yeah, well, I did my weird automotive news right, on one of his lot, projects. And I think that's how we initially uh, got connected. Actually, we go back. But uh, Jason is the senior editor at Jalopnik and also has a book, people, get on Amazon, uh, Robot. Take the Wheel. It is a fascinating book. And speaking of Robot, Take the Wheel. A lot of you say, heck no, you're not taking my wheel. But there is a gentleman who we will cover, had some recent news, and I watched the news. Jason actually turned us uh, turned on, uh, through his article, turned us on to Elon Musk. Oh. Level five, people. No. You don't, you don't even need to show up to your car anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that? Who's that? But Elon Musk made a recent <laughs> announcement. Announcement. I want to just tease you guys. So uh, Jason is is going to join us about. Uh, well, can we? I mean, Elon's. Do you want to? You want to? Elon's a talent. It. Yeah. Well, no, I'm just saying Elon's a talent. He is. We want to be courteous. Yes. Mindful. Yes. Respectful. Absolutely. But damn, we got to keep it real because <laughs> level five people. Most of you are familiar with level two, right? You know, level two means. Well, let's get to it, because Bree's shaking her head. Okay. Level two. I'll help you out once in a while. Yes. Computer. 100 yes. million lines of code, what have you. Maybe have some LIDAR, radar. Hey, I'll tell you when you're getting ready to shift lanes, and I may even, like my wife, she's got that new Mercedes. Right. Which is scary, people. If you shift out of the lane, it's shifting you right back. It's going to correct it. It's corrective steering. Right. So, you know, at best, those are things that ultimately, why are we going this fancy with these cars? Well, I believe there's close to 40,000 deaths on the road from human error. If you ask yourself, why are we getting so technical? Why is my mechanic charging me so much? (laughs) (laughs) He mentioned all this training and equipment. 
It's because we are ultimately aiming towards minimizing human error and these deaths and selling technology, it's my opinion. Level five, huh? What if your blender could just wake up in the morning and just do what you were thinking? Yeah, that'd be scary. That's a different topic. We, yeah, can, all, we can actually develop a few shows, I think. So I'm actually thinking about writing a book now called Frank, Take the Mic. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, Jason will be joining us. We're also going to talk, uh, as I mentioned, uh, the Changli Mini Electric. Love it. Cheapest. Like, forget it. Not cheapest. Dirt cheap. Dirt cheap. Electric vehicle. But practical and usable. And Jason didn't just spend a few hours... Jason lives with one. <laughs> he does and drives it. He lives with a Changli. Yes, he does. One of the mini electric vehicles. So he's going to give us its take on that. How practical is it? Uh, 1.1 horsepower. horsepower yeah. I, okay, that's all right. <laughs> and then lastly, all of you Ford maniacs, off-roading, F-150's done an amazing job. I love the F-150. The Ford Bronco had the automotive community and enthusiasts all in just, we're just excited. We don't know what to do. The 2021 Ford Bronco, I think after 25 years of absence, will be officially, in fact, they'll take a $100 deposit. It's coming back. Looks pretty cool. While you're listening to the show, um, get on to, in fact, I tell you, get on to jalopnik.com and uh, check that out. But Susie, I got to, I'm just going to switch because it's already, I took up all the oh time. Oh my gosh. I'm not going to get mad for you for doing that. All right. We'll see. If we break some laws, FCC laws. We'll go into it. We'll do an <laughs> hour and a half show. Uh, but real quick, there was a recall. I do want to share this yeah, out do real it. quick. Uh, Dodge Chrysler recalling uh, 1 million minivans, airbags again, not a Takana thing directly, airbag clips, like your favorite little paper clip. <laughs> These clips will come apart and come as a trajectory. Somewhere on a body part. They'll actually deploy? They'll deploy. Ooh. Now, I didn't say the bag itself. I'd have to read into that. Just know, people. A lot of it's you with there. the 07 to 11 Nitro SUVs, the uh, 08 to 10 Grand Caravan, and the world-famous town and country minivans, they may have these faulty clips installed. Real easy. Call your dealer. Give them the VIN number. Hey, do I have any open recalls? And, of course, NHTSA.gov, NHTSA.gov. Susie, I, I want to share before we get to your weird automotive. This will take me a moment. I'm fr I'm super frustrated. Um, a lot of you right now, one of the most frustrating things that you can deal with is a head fake recall. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Well, whether we told you because we researched this particular problem with a brake booster on a Chevy Cruze, brake pedal would come in, right? Brake pedal sinks. That's probably the, one of the worst things you can do. Scary. You're comfortable. Yeah. You just got back from wherever you're going. You're headed home. You're headed to your sanctuary, and all of a sudden, the brake pedal just stinks. That's scary. <laughs> that is scary. All right? So when you come into our garage, and most great service facilities will do their research. A lot of stuff going on. We got to research. Not develop, just research. Sometimes I wish we could develop, because <laughs> the stuff is just poorly designed. And so here comes in the Chevy Cruze. 300,000 of these Chevy Cruzes were recalled because of a brake pedal fade, except the one lonely red Chevy Cruze that arrived in our garage. Mm -hmm. We made the phone calls. We, and so we had the, the client make the phone calls, and it just wasn't part of this recall. And that has me baffled. Yeah. I mean, that's frustrating. So she made the phone calls, right? Remember, she, she, she called and everything and then uh, called us right back. 
said they said a whopping no. Now, I will give you advice. We mentioned it periodically. You can call the liaison, which means the manufacturer to the franchise dealer as sort of a middleman or woman that makes sure the piece is being kept. Because you guys will go to the dealer, and I'm not knocking the dealer. It's a business. They will cover. They will stand by what's been released as a recall or a consumer campaign, an extension, which means, all right, this was covered three years, big problem, not quite a recall, but we'll do seven years. Transmission, whatever have you. Now, if you feel like, we want to say that every dealership is straight up honest, bangs your chest with integrity, alongside with nail salons and massage parlors and whatever else they got. (laughs) Not always the case. And I want to say maybe not in this case. I'm a little frustrated because this was an expensive repair for this gal. Yeah, it was. And so you can ask respectfully for the consumer service, consumer liaison from the manufacturer and get their take to make sure that all is well by the franchise. Is that under like a goodwill kind of policy or? Well, what I have been saying is I've been a loyal Yugo fan (laughs) and customer for 35 years. Yugo's a bad example. They've been in and out. They've been around. (laughs) But you are a loyal Toyota fan. You are a loyal Chevy Cruze client. What concessions can you give me? This car car had 42,000-ish miles on it. Right. And here's a whopping repair. The gal was shocked because, hey, alignments, oil changes, and once in a while I rotate a valve stem Mm. and tires. (laughs) And here's this big expensive repair. So. If you don't have a full-on recall, they won't do anything for a consumer uh, extension. What concessions can I have? I'm a fan of your brand. That is a tip that you can take to the bank all day long. Most reasonable business people, dealerships, will say, you know what? We appreciate that. Mm-hmm. We appre- And they will because mm-hmm. they want your business. Anyway, that's my take. Yeah, that's a great that great story. Before we bring Jason on, can you please give me some weird news? Make me laugh. Yeah, well, you know what? This is kind of interesting. You've heard of boy meets girl, right? I've girl meets boy. I've been married for 30 years. Man <laughs> meets 30-year wife. What do you got? <laughs> so on July 5th, and now this is the Newburgh Dundee Police, received a call about a stolen Land Cruiser. Toyota well, Land Cruiser. Watch it. Don't okay. mention police is sensitive right now. Well, I'm telling you. So the police actually spotted the SUV on the road shortly after they got the call. Actually went on a full bore chase. And uh, the uh, during the chase, he crashed into a Buick Regal. Okay. That happens a lot, right? Random. Just right? Buick Regal. All right. Luckily, there were no injuries in the collision. However, yeah. it started to get weird. Because after they, upon checking the driver of the Buick Regal... That, too, was a stolen car. They discovered it was a stolen car three weeks ago. What is wrong with you? Is that crazy? People stop stealing in the same neighborhood. (laughs) I mean, we all know what's going on right now. There's an uptick in just about every category of domestic and this. Now we're saying... Well, if your car has been stolen, there's a chance that there's another one right next to it. That's right. Now, of course, the Land Cruiser. Now, wait a minute. What? So the police officer, he was getting some points. Of course. I got two of you I got two of them. Yep. All right. That's like a double hook. How did that? So long story short, you know, the Land Cruiser didn't end up with the Buick Regal because that belongs to two other people. But wouldn't it be funny if the two individuals driving those stolen cars after all their legal issues kind of got together? I think it'd be kind of funny. Let's have a stupid drink because we're idiots. Stole two cars at the same time. Anyway, I don't know. It's a crazy world. Be safe. Get yourself an alarm, man. And if your car is stolen, don't worry. Let them take it for a ride. It's just not worth trying to stop them on your own. 
Uh, stay tuned, man. We've got a jam-packed show. We're going to cover the 21 Bronco, Elon Musk, and his recent, well, I don't know if it was a legitimate announcement, and probably the cheapest electric vehicle that you can buy. How's it like? What's a test drive like? Stay tuned. French Nation Net. I want my mileage back. Of course you want your mileage back. And all the extra money you've spent feeding an engine gunked up with carbon. Your car needs its fuel system cleaned, and it needs it now. You need BG44K. It's the one dealerships use the most. In fact, they use BG44K almost 3 to 1 over any other fuel system cleaner made. To find a shop near you, go to BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. I got my mileage back. BG. Bolt-On Technologies Automotive Software Solutions. Auto repair shops that have Bolt-On Technologies software provide customer vehicle condition reports including photos and text, real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com. Right on. Welcome back. Frank and Susie hanging out with you from the East Valley Institute of Technology. I remind you, get on to wrenchnation.tv. My soul can't be sold. Shake me cold. Shake me cold. That's hollow ground. That's hollow ground. Catch uh, your favorite shows there. And if you dip in and out of this show, uh, certainly you can uh, catch the episodes again. Weekend plays and your favorite podcast. We're going to cover uh, the best we can. Uh, three categories on the show uh we want to actually let's let's bring in uh jason torchinsky with chalopnik welcome to the show jason hey thanks for having me guys always always a pleasure to spend some time with you uh of course author of robot take the wheel we're going to break this down into three uh sort of categories one the chang lee which you uh are spending you got intimate with the chang lee uh (laughs) certainly the 21 bronco i mean the industry's just gone bananas about this this awesome news and lastly uh elon musk's uh recent uh statement about uh full autonomous perhaps by end of year which is a large claim uh this chang lee out of china Mm -hmm. um yes you unboxed it but before you unboxed it you had to have a plan mr jason what was you yeah. motivated? Why were you motivated to find, you know what, I'm going to get me the cheap. Was it just the cheapest, or why Chang Lee? Well, there was a few things that led up to this. For, I, I'd been, I noticed that you could buy a car on that website, Alibaba, a while ago. And that just the concept of that kind of fascinated me. The idea that, like, the place I got my $7 smartwatch, I could also <laughs> hypothetically order a motor vehicle from was just too good a concept for me to let go. And then once, um, so I thought about that like late last year. And then once we realized that uh, thanks to coronavirus stuff, the world was kind of shutting down, um, all of my plans for, I usually shoot a series called Jason Drives, where I go out and drive all kinds of weird stuff. Um, all of these things were stopping. The, all the manufacturers were stopping press trips and travel. It was going to be hard to get press cars. And I realized all my plans are gone. Everything was going to stop. So if I couldn't go to the cars, I thought, well, I'll just have to bring one of the weird cars to me. So then, uh, <laughs> it's like a it's like a mail order bride. I I mean, with, very much. Uh, you know, like we can't. I couldn't find her at the bar. I couldn't go no. to the restaurant. Frank. I'm not gonna go out. And I'm, go- gonna I'm gonna order it online. I'm gonna unbox this baby. Send it to me. All yep. right. So for the folks that are new to this whole Chang Lee, let's back up a little bit. What is yeah. that Chang Lee EV? Let's get there right, real quick. So it's what I want. I figured if I was gonna get a car, there has to be something. 
I'm going to order it offline. It has to be superlative in some way. And the easiest superlative to sell to my editors and, and the, the money people at the company are the cheapest car. <laughs> I believe it's the cheapest new car that you can buy, period, anywhere in the world. You know, I'm using car fairly generously, but this thing is $930. Uh, you do have to add the batteries, which brings it up to about $1,200. But that's all you actually pay for the vehicle itself, a brand-new EV for 1200 bucks. But now, wait, didn't you say I you did, had shipping, yeah. too? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, there's shipping. Yeah, so it was, that was a big percentage of the budget. <laughs> yeah, 500 to get it just from China to America, which is actually not bad. But then, once it's in America, uh, I ended up paying... So that took me about it was about seventeen fifty from China to the U.S. here, but getting it from where it landed in New Jersey or around New York to my house in North Carolina added another, um, you know, at least an, over a grand more. So it's wow. shipping like the time you get, yeah, all of the customs fees and trucking it down and warehouse fees. It just there's a lot of things like that. If if I ever decide to buy these in quantity, it'd be much cheaper. If I buy a container load of these things, then I can really start making some money. But for just doing one, it came to about 3300 by the time you factored in absolutely everything wow. there. All right, well, it's still, it's still in the money. It's still cheap. And yeah. I feel like the best comparison is to a golf cart as far as capabilities and what it's able to do. Have you guys priced golf carts recently? <laughs> I, I tell you, it's not only the price, Jason, but we're – then it's a competition. Your neighbor's got this, that, and the other thing. And, oh. uh, yeah, it's ridiculous, actually. Golf carts are absurdly overpriced. Like a, a regular, like, open-top golf cart with no windshield or roof or anything, just a regular base golf cart costs, like, six grand. And they and the Chang Lee, okay, so head-to-head golf cart, you get the cheapest golf cart at twice the price with shipping and everything from the Chang Lee. It has nothing the Chang Lee has. Chang Lee has a windshield wiper, you know, a full metal body, <laughs> doors, windows. It's got a heater. It's got two seats. It's got headlights, turn signals, brake lights, reverse lights, a freaking backup camera. That is that even possible? All right, you guys has- listening, I, I, if you're listening at home, please don't do this while you're driving. Get on to Jalopnik and search out the impressive engineering behind the cheapest electric car in the world, uh, Jason's Exposé. Uh, so you guys are on the same page. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. Now, listen, this uh, this is a respectable machine coming out of China. How sure. roadworthy uh, regarding DOT, like uh, you're out of North Carolina. What did you right. have to do? I mean, was it emission ready? I mean, was, I mean it's an EV, oh, well, right? Yeah. EV, no emissions. Actually, there is a category where it can be registered. So it can be qualified as a low-speed electric vehicle, which means it has to have a top speed of only 25 miles an hour, which it I does. think I can manage. And, um, and it, uh, that means you can drive it on any road that's 35 miles an hour or less, and you can cross roads that are faster. Now, I live in a little college town called Chapel Hill, and the good news is most of the areas in my town like to be able to get to grocery stores or the main drag or restaurants or wherever is all within streets that are 35 miles an hour or less. So I've already driven this thing to the grocery store a bunch of times, picked up like takeout food a bunch of times, gone around the neighborhood. I did a, um, I drove it, I went to see what the range was of the batteries as well, because that's a big deal with an EV. Sure. So I drove it around. It took me like a whole weekend, uh, but I eventually found it's about 27, almost 28 miles range, which is, 
usable. It's it, you can definitely use it. What's and something like that take get, to charge up? Because I know the charge time for a lot of people. Um, get charged. Um, you know, it's basically just a series of five 12 volt batteries. Okay. Um, and I think it'll charge. I never exactly checked. I think within like four or five hours, it felt like it went from. All right. It was nothing extreme. Charged. Nothing extreme. Um, no, it's not not a huge amount of power storage there, really. And yeah. 1.1 horsepower. So that's, that's the Achilles heel of the Changli. All right. So, well, keeping this guy on the road behind a, what is what, a 1.1 horsepower motor, basically. Yeah. All right. Uh, you were pretty impressed by this uh, suspension. It has a pretty beefy yeah. suspension for a golf cart on steroids. Yeah, no. I mean, all the engineering, like, I was, ex- my bar, what I was expecting was incredibly low. I was expecting, you know, basically like porta potty plastic and a chain drive from an electric <laughs> motor driving one wheel. Like, that's, and I would have been fine with that. I would have thought, okay, $900 car, that's what you get. The engineering is so much better than I would have guessed. For example, body is all metal it's like a welded uh, metal body sort of a unibody it's got coilover suspension what? Rack, rack and pinion steering oh most my of my God. cars don't have rack and pinion steering not a little it's cheap a, bottle looking steering oh box God. it actually has a rack no. wow it's a real rack and pinion steering setup it well is, you know what's even weirder hold yeah. on what's even weirder you can get back to that but i just did a search for changley electric car and the search words are toy, 12-volt, kids, cart, children, battery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not shocking. Every, so this, all these videos, they've been doing really well. And here they're getting like over a million views for these things. And then in China, so they basically copied them and put them on the Chinese uh, parallel to YouTube. And they've been huge in China. I have friends in China who've been sending me... Um, who have been sending me like things people like their friends have been sending about these, and they all are amazed that like some idiotic American guy is delighted by this thing because in China <laughs> this is known it's it's sold in like rural cities or rural towns uh, for like old people. This is like a grandpa car basically. You use it to drive to the market and pick up your kids from school, and that's about it. So I think they think it's hilarious that anybody would be actually excited this. Uh, Chinese state media even did an article about it. Basically, the subtext of the article was, you know, American idiot thinks this thing's amazing. <laughs> is idiot. But it was... But, you know, I mean, for us, because, I mean, it, it, it's we, we do have to think about our future and getting off crude. Some of us yeah. could use a little, you know, Inside of $3,000 vehicle. But what I was really impressed with, I mean, again, guys, get on a Jalopnik, you get on a YouTube and search for that impressive engineering behind the cheapest electric car in the world. What was the thinking behind Chinese engineering? That's a pretty huge brush grod on the front of that pump. That big bumper grill, did you see that? (laughs) I mean, that's almost half the, three quarters the size of what you'd find on a maybe a Dodge Ram. I don't know if that's the picture, but it has a pretty big brush grod. Is Grandpa up in... uh, uh, Wudong Province having a problem well, there. I mean, I think uh, they're just it, also that that giant bumper thing weighs like all four pounds. Ah. <laughs> you could probably bend it over your knee. It's right. semi aesthetic, but it does. I mean, it looks like a it, tough guy it, bumper up there. It does. And <laughs> the thing is, it's not crap. That's the amazing thing that I can't quite get through my head. It's definitely cheap. You know, there's no question this thing is, you know, built to an extremely low price, but. It's not a total piece of flimsy crap. It It's put together reasonably well. It actually does its job reasonably well. There's details you wouldn't expect. Like, all the glasses, 
curved glass. Like, they could have made it all flat and saved a lot of money, but they didn't. And it's got, like, real <laughs> LED lighting, and it's just, it's baffling how much, it could have been so much worse, and it, it's just not. For, for, for the money, it. yeah, it sounds like you're getting a lot of value there. Uh, let me I ask so. you. All right, so next week's production meeting with the powers that be at Jalopnik, what would Jason do to now, well, pimp my ride? What would you, what would you add to I'm, the Chang Lee? Yeah, I mean, plans for that. I want to get the power up because my kid beat me up the hill running on foot. And that's it. <laughs> so, like, on a flat, I've had it up to about 23 miles an hour. And on the flat, it's fine. But you hit any hill, and this thing just goes to a... A, like a walking pace. So I'm going to do something to get the power up, and I'm going to look into either getting a bigger electric motor, and honestly, by getting the power up, if I get this thing to three or five horsepower, it will be a monster. Right, well, <laughs> we're, we're going to see the uh, the Torchinsky trailer bar and the wheelie bar in the back of this thing. That would oh, be yeah. awesome. I think you could patent something like that. <laughs> oh, I think a five horsepower version of this will, well, yeah, this will be a stunning thing. It'll All be, right, I'll well, have to keep that on the down low, because I think then it it may actually break the low-speed electric vehicle by going... Well, and then the pressure's on. You'd have to premiere this thing at SEMA. (laughs) Either that or start another category in NHRA or something, right? Yeah, right, right, right. The the long-term goal is David Tracy, who is is our engineer guy over at Jalopnik. He was with me in these videos. Uh, He takes Jeeps to Moab, like, every year. Oh, oh, that would be neat. Thinking... We get some huge tires in this no. thing, a bigger motor, and we try taking it to Moab. Oh, that's, no. That's, that's what we're toying with right now. All right. Again, guys, catch the uh, Jalopnik. Uh, in fact, all of the Jalopnik YouTube videos, but particularly with this uh, uh, Chang Lee, uh, pretty impressive uh, uh, for the price point. And, uh, gosh, you get independent suspension. And, <laughs> uh, but let's yeah. move on. Speaking of Moab, there was a big announcement this week. You know, the automotive industry – uh, we, we kind of get depressed. We hear the recalls and then we, you know, we hear, uh, you know, job cutbacks, or whatever. They're fighting uh, made in Mexico, made in the U.S. But once in a while, we do get something pretty exciting. And that is the announcement of that 21 Ford Bronco. Yeah. Everybody I mean, went crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, the styling and you guys tuning in, can, you know, just type in 21 Bronco. Go check it out. Uh, Detroit's buzzing away. Do you think the buzz is uh, noteworthy or is this just uh you know, oh, Ford doesn't have the greatest stock. I, I can never figure that out. But do you think they can uh, sell a few of these? I think so. I think people – th- what's interesting about the Bronco is this is something – it doesn't entirely feel like a car designed by a committee like so many other things. Like Chevy brought back the Blazer nameplate uh, like a couple of years back, and nobody gives a damn about that car. Yeah, it's a bit it of disappointment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was yeah, just, it just totally changed. Another yeah. crossover. There's nothing really that interesting about it. But – the Bronco's different. Um, you know, they, they've targeted the Wrangler as the primary competition, and the Wrangler hasn't really had competition in its particular niche in decades, really. I mean, even the Bronco, after the first generation of the original Bronco, Ford changed over and they started basing them on uh, F-150, like a shortened F-150 platform, and they gradually got bigger and softer and cushier, and they weren't really the same as that original Bronco. But this new version, they've looked all the way back to that first generation. That's clearly where the styling influences are coming from, clearly where the goal of it was from. You know, even the first Bronco was designed to compete with the original Jeep CJs. This is designed to compete with the modern Wrangler. And as such, it's like a real off-road machine. The doors come off. The roof comes off. Um, they have a little short wheelbase two-door one that looks like a blast. Um, it's got all kinds of, like, tie-downs and things like that. The styling is retro, but not, like, 
like a cartoon or caricature or so. It's not cloyingly retro. It's because you can enough. push it, it. I think with the design of of, of trying to replicate, i.e., the Camaro, yeah. the Charger. You know, engineers are, are really not trying to make it too cute because then it does, like you said, it. it well, what is this a character, cartoon character out of here? You gotta right. have respect the lines, but also bring it in uh, a bit to the future. Um, there was uh, some of the comments that we saw uh, throughout our Facebook. We we posed the question, yay or nay? Do you, what do you guys think? And you know, we'll we'll exclude half the comments because uh, we don't <laughs> know those people. <laughs> well, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, there was a lot of uh, sort of anxiety. Uh, people are still stuck in this big daddy V eight world. They don't realize that that EcoBoost is a pretty yeah. respectable machine. Absolutely, there's plenty of power. I mean the. So it's got what? It's got the bigger engines, like the 2.7 liter engine, and then it has the, the EcoBoost engine is still making like 270 some odd horsepower. And I don't care what anybody tells you, that's plenty for most of what everybody's going to do. Sure. And you can still get it with a manual if you want. I mean, it's fine. You don't really need a big honking V8 in this thing. You don't need the extra weight. You're not going to use the extra power. I feel like it's it's set up so it's got uh, you know all the power it's really going to rationally need, and if you really want to, there's things you could do to get more power out of it. But for most people, it's plenty. Yeah, I'm actually excited about it, and uh, I haven't given my hundred dollar deposit, but I may clean up some inventory on my end because I need a toy, Susie. There you go. <laughs> and I think that would work great. You can yeah. remove the doors, take the top off. You got different you know trim packages. Did? Yeah. That's a big deal. With, so with the four-door one, and this is something that right, the Wrangler never figured out, you can take off the doors, and they actually provided a space to store the doors in the vehicle. Oh, nice. Wow. That's a huge deal. Because that's, like, nobody, you, you would, people would take the doors off a lot more frequently if they could just do it on a whim and then have a place to carry them, not have to figure out, you know, what the hell are you going to do with them? Like, leave them somewhere, then come pick them back later? Or, you know, it's, right. That, little things like that actually make a huge difference for people actually using some of these features. Yeah, and from a technology point, you still have a great modern center stack. Uh, you've got all yeah. the accoutrements there. Um, you've got all the LCD screens you want and all that modern crap. Which yeah. is cool. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. uh, you know, that's uh, pretty neat. So I'm actually looking forward to that. Um, and what I understand from a business perspective uh, quite profitable. If Ford can pull this off with uh, some of their, um, I wouldn't call them lofty goals of uh, production, but um, anywhere from five to $7,500 uh, profit margin for Ford, because you got to feel for that stock. I mean, it, it yeah. seems like that stock number is so stuck in time. I mean, you just want to wish Ford a better stock evaluation. And, and I, don't I don't know even that, understand how any of that works. Tesla, I, I don't either. Like Tesla, we're going to get to Tesla. A thousand dollar plus. And in fact, yeah. there's another company, oh gosh, that doesn't even make cars yet. And what, Nikola. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you've heard of Nikola. Yeah, the truck company. Whatever yeah. happened to investment, like I'm going to buy something tangible. It's like grandma comes over the house, honey, I'm going to make oatmeal cookies. Um, Next year, when you come over, like in five <laughs> visits, no, grandmother, yeah. I want the oatmeal be famous. I want them now. Yeah. Grandma, I'll pay you for them. But yeah, it's a really odd time. Jason, hang in. We're going to uh, take a break, and we are really going to dive into uh, some fascinating topic about this recent announcement. Uh, Elon Musk, level five, full autonomous, go home. You won't even have to be behind the wheel. What is going on? 
Stay tuned. Ranch Nation next. Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores. Nationwide locations. You know, one of the problems that I can have working in my garage is parts aren't delivered on time. The quality isn't there. Well, guess what? Who's yelling at me? My clients. And they're likely not to come back. Well, the Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores. Amazing service. Knowledgeable counter folks. A complete line of original equipment. Parts that our customers deserve. If you're an installer, Get on to partsauthority.com. Check locations nationally near you, partsauthority.com. Vision collision. God forbid you get into an accident or you get a little bumper, fender, bender, slight, or even if you've got that shopping cart that ends up scratching the side of your newer ride. My friends at Vision Collision, they're certified. They deal with insurance companies, but also what I really like is they were able to deal with my situation. I didn't want to exercise my insurance. And I paid out of pocket and they gave me a very fair price with quality work. So for any complete auto body paint and repair, you want that small business, the heart of business that treats you one-on-one. Vision Collision, 480-248-9049, visioncollision.com. When you're thinking about body shop or collision work, paint repair, dent repairs, collision, wheel restoration, Vision Collision is the way to go. Tell them Frank at Wrench Nation sent you. 480-248-9049. 480-248-9049. Vision Collision. You know, when we're talking about a relationship in a business, we're talking about not only relationship with your clients, but also relationship with those folks that are working hard to help promote your business. TheMailShark.com. Many of you have marketing plans in place now that are kind of shaky. You're not getting the return that you want. TheMailShark.com. Print and direct mail made easier. They will get the job done for you. You want to talk about increasing your car count. Whether you're a general repair shop or specialty shop, they have a solution for you. TheMailShark.com. There's never any money up front. They give you the ability to mail and pay weekly. Talk about helping a small business cash flow with over 16 direct mail products with both paper and plastic options. They will keep your marketing fresh. And one of the things I enjoy working with MailShark is they have absolute world-class customer service. Print and direct mail made easy. Give my friends at MailShark a call today. TheMailShark.com If you're just joining us, I invite you guys to get on to uh, jalopnik.com. Uh, in fact, the, the whole talented staff over there uh, sort of taking a look at the automotive industry and, and revealing some pretty cool uh, points of interest by way of uh, manufacturing and, and, and certain destinations that they uh, can visit while they're previewing these cars. Also, Jason Torchinsky has a pretty cool book, Robot, Take the Wheel. If you're interested, there's a... There's a lot of hoopla going on there. They, well, listen, hashtag fake news isn't just for politics, people. I mean, there is a movement behind uh, some large claims, uh, whether it's uh, lofty manufacturing goals. We've heard that. Won't mention names. Um, so the idea is that if you are interested uh, in sort of getting this straight and skinny, let's bring Jason back. Jason has done the research. He adds a little lighthearted humor to it. Robot, take the wheel. Make sure you find that copy. Jason, welcome back. Thanks for having me. So, um, you know, the, the 21 Bronco, I, I, I see that coming in and uh, giving hope to the four-wheel community. Uh, there is a diehard 
uh, Jeep fan following. In sure. fact, a whole industry out there. Uh, oh, yeah. And so I, I think this is great uh, competition. And uh, would you, um, well, let me ask you this. Would would you at Jalopnik um, take one out once it's available, perhaps for like rental or how you are acquiring this, and actually test drive and put it through its motions? Is that something you guys would do, like a oh, Moab? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're absolutely going to do that. Um, you know, we get press cars all the time. Um, and they're, you know, hopefully they're going to want us to take one out and try it out. Um, we probably, they probably will do some kind of event, uh, either maybe at Moab or other places where we can actually really try to drive these things, take them rock crawling or over dunes or whatever, and yeah. you know, actually see what it can do. But we definitely will. And our, um, you know, the engine, our, we have a writer who was a former Jeep engineer, did a lot of the, actually most of the cooling system work on the Wrangler, but knows his stuff. And he's actually in the process of doing a really deep dive into the uh, technical aspects of the new Bronco, really, you know, evaluating how this thing is actually going to be uh, rock crawling and, you know. Well, that was one of the things. I mean, some of the legitimate questions that we had on our, our Facebook was, you know, I think one guy, will it be airlockers? You know, because this, uh, and I'm sure uh, the powers that be at Ford and certainly the aftermarket to come, all the accessorizing, uh, will make sure that you can uh, accessorize as much as you can uh, in sure. the world of rock crawling. I mean, it's. It's an independent axle vehicle. It's not a solid axle like the Jeep. So there are things where it's going to be a little more limited when it comes to, like, lift and what you can do. And I think for real hardcore rock crawling, the Jeep will still have an advantage. But this should give a better ride on roads, and it should do really well on, you know, other kinds of things like uh, sand, uh, you know, sand or non-rock crawling kind of situations. But other off-road stuff, it should do great. Uh, But... Jeeps may still have that solid axle advantage on real hardcore crawling stuff. Yeah. You know, speaking of crawling stuff, um, I had been looking recently at the Can-Am Utes, right? The utility. They have gotten up. Now, there's a lot more you can do because they've really gone far. But these things, Susie, can be an arm and a leg as well. I mean, you could pay twenty-two dollars to uh, $27,000 for, uh, and they're respectable machines. I mean, you... You can do what was 10 years ago. You had to go a custom fab shop to, to, to kind of put one of these together. Uh, but it seems like there is a market. Question for you, Jason. Uh, an odd economy that we're in with one in four roughly out of work. And gosh, it almost seems like there's a million a week getting out of work or furloughed or what have you. It seems the luxury market is pretty strong out there. Yeah, I think the people who have the money are still doing fine. Um, I don't think the the downturn in the economy is affecting the people who were already doing well, uh, which is unfortunate. So I think they're always going to be fine and they can buy whatever the hell they want. Right. Uh, people who maybe have just been more working class people who might've saved up and, you know, worked and saved to get something like this. I think they're the ones who are really going to suffer and they're the ones who are not going to be able to enjoy things like this, at least near term. Yeah, no doubt. And speaking of which, so, here we are, full-on EV, uh, I don't know, let's call it eight, nine, ten years ago. It was sort of on the drawing board. You had a few platforms uh, that weren't massively produced, not quite on scale. And here comes Mr. Elon Musk. Yes, he's brilliant. He's a genius. But sometimes uh-huh. you've got to wonder. And so part of what Milan, Elon's mission is, to, to me, Jason, it's twofold. One, get the battery situation squared away, where A, he's in full control of manufacturing. That'll help uh, bring costs down. And B... Boy, he is, seems to be really stuck on full autonomous. Tell us yeah. about this recent announcement. 
Yeah, so there's been issues for a long time with how Tesla treats uh, their autopilot setup and what they call autonomy. Um, it's, they, they advertise it as um, full self-driving on their website, which it is definitely not. It is level two, which is not full self-driving. Um, and we can go over what those levels are if, if you think people need a And we will. But, we'll do a refresher. Yeah. But, yeah. but the announcement that just happened. So basically there was a World Artificial Intelligence Conference uh, like about a week or two ago in Shanghai, um, and uh, Elon delivered a, a video there. And in that video, he said that uh, they're very close to level five autonomy, and he felt that there were, these are quotes from him, no fundamental challenges, just many small problems. And he made it seem like they're right on the cusp of level, level five. But I don't think that's true at all. And I think when he says it's just a bunch of very small problems, I think he's vastly underestimating how important those very small problems are. Those very small problems are the essence of what makes full autonomy possible. And I think it's a real mistake to write those off so cavalierly like he did. And I think that just kind of is part of how Tesla has been treating their autonomy work, you know, from the get go, really. Yeah, no, and I, and I understand what you're saying. I, I think, um, there is there is a certain level of respect from the engineering standpoint, uh, kick it up notches from a marketability point. But I think from a marketability point, he's skirting on um, some some mistruths. Uh, I can speak from uh, the formal industry, right? You know, the automotive industry. We're fixing cars. We are nowhere ready uh, for municipalities and so on. In fact, Waymo, uh, if we're lucky we'll see a bit of a movement where folks can get in to an autonomous platform. But is Susie, you and I, and Bree here in the studio ready for autonomous? No way, heck, are we? And so then it becomes Elon, perhaps the company is capable, maybe end of year is pushing it, but besides all that, it's a bit condescending because the rest of us aren't ready. Yeah, and it's... And I, I also just don't believe... Okay, so I think level four is something that's likely to happen soon-ish, but it's still years away. And level four basically means full autonomy, but in kind of a, a geofenced area where a little bit of the infrastructure makes concessions to help the cars do their thing. So it's not the total random chaos of the world. You know, They can be fully autonomous, but in areas where there's a little bit more control. Because the world is insanely chaotic and as human beings there's so many things we do that are part of driving that uh, you know the machines have not even come close to like for example if you're at a, a stoplight at an intersection and there's people walking on a crosswalk in front of you there's a lot of just visual communication that goes on between the driver and the people walking that communicates their intention you can look at someone and tell this person is about to cross the street sometimes they'll make eye contact with you and there's like this very quick unspoken like okay go ahead kind of thing exactly we, we, you know that. we've talked about that it's it's that psychological you're walking across the street with your dog and yeah. you just it, it's like we check ourselves yeah. psychologically and okay where's that person who's who's behind yeah. the wheel or you don't get that so i mean that in itself is sort of a big thing and to overcome to underestimate how often that happens and how important that is. Like the amount of communication that happens driver to driver and driver to pedestrian between us and our cars is constant. And 
no autonomous vehicle company has done anything to incorporate that. And if if we just leave that out of the equation entirely, we're going to realize things, there's going to be problems because fundamentally the cars will not behave as we are used to human b- drivers have been behaving for over a century of driving. Yeah. And that's a problem. That's that is a problem. Level five. Before you know, we get we into the more to- common level two, and I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I do want to get for our sure. listeners, if you guys are really fascinated in getting that much more deeper, the University of Michigan with their M-City program, um, they're cutting edge, and and they've got all the reports, the testing methodology. um, They're scoring uh, different approaches with automated vehicles. Uh, I would would invite you guys to get on to M-City, umich.edu, you know, University of Michigan, I know from an industry standpoint where we talk about data, uh, data security, data safety, how we're going to fix these things, um, we do revert back to uh, what some of the great things that uh, University of Michigan is doing in that respect. But let's get back. We have a lot of youngsters listening to the show. Um, level two, we probably lost them, but level two seems to be where we're at in common yeah. right now. Talk to us about level right. two. Okay, so when, when people say they have a self-driving car or they're buying one, that's that doesn't exist on the market today. You can't buy one. The most you can buy is what's known as level two, which is basically um, assisted driving. So here's the thing. It, in like a Tesla with autopilot or a uh, GM Super Cruise or Volvo system or, or Nissan system, uh, all of those are very similar in the sense that they'll do things like they'll keep in a lane. Some of them can even pass other cars. They can... Some and Tesla just has a beta version where it can read signs and stop in them. Um, you can do emergency stopping, uh, throttle control, like for dynamic cruise and that kind of thing. It can do on a highway, on a fairly standard highway in decent weather, it can do about 80% of what you would expect driving to be. However, the driver, the person in the driver's seat has to be ready to take over at any moment because part of level two means there is no failover. If something goes wrong, then the driver has to be ready to jump right in. So even though it's doing a lot of driving, you're still in this weird position of not really driving, but also paying attention to being ready to take over driving at any moment. Like Tesla system requires you to keep your hands physically on the wheel. Uh, GM system has a camera pointing at your face to make sure your eyes are actually forward looking out the windshield at the road. So they're trying to do things to make sure you're doing this, and I feel like that puts people in a strange position that we're just not really that good at being in. If something's doing most of the work but not quite all of it, staying alert is difficult. And that's why we see videos occasionally of people, like, sleeping at the wheel of their Teslas on autopilot or, you know, watching a movie or reading a book. And some of the autopilot accidents that have happened have been because the drivers have been lulled into this state where they're not really paying attention, where they, they trust it too much because it's almost doing everything. But Yeah, what, and, and I got to interject. Wrong. One of the things yeah. that a lot of municipalities, I know in the state of Arizona, I do a, a yearly event and I'm honored to speak there uh, representing the industry and basically vehicle safety, and that is – relying my camera should take care of that for me and, and so now yeah. we've got this new uh sort of thing that we're going to sort of get preoccupied with and we rely on it too much uh, my phone will do it my car will do it and it's really a road it's scary scale yeah. after a while I yeah mean, you know and it's and it just puts you in a weird position that we're not really humans just don't thrive when they're told to just kind of 
be ready to take over, but don't necessarily have to do anything yet. It's a, it's a weird space to be in, which is why I personally, I don't like level two, period. I feel like I would rather skip over level two and just have them do the research and development until we hit level three or four, which is when you actually wouldn't have to pay attention. And like in level three, if it has to fail over, it can fail over in a safe, controlled way. Um, and I, you can't do that with level two. And then that's why we've been getting strange wrecks from, you know, people whose cars are on, you know, the semi-autonomous mode. And also you have to remember, you know, these things are relying on little cameras. Like Tesla system doesn't use LIDAR or anything. It just has cameras and a radar emitter. If mud splashes yes. you know, while you're driving, mud from the road splashes on a camera lens, it can completely obscure the car's ability to see or drive. And this can happen, that's just like one tiny thing that can happen, happen every day somewhere when people are driving cars. And that can cause the system to completely shut down and you have to take over and it's just not ready. And calling it uh, autopilot or referring to it as self-driving in any way I feel like is, is doing a big disservice and it's potentially dangerous. No doubt. So somebody's asking me about the open source projects right now, like Deep Drive, yeah. um, where the car mm-hmm. can train itself. What are what are some of the the things there that that are interesting? I mean, it's all interesting in that you know the the way these things learn these AI systems the way they learn it's not it's not really intelligence as we understand it. Uh, it's more of like a very advanced trial and error kind of thing. And the truth is, we don't a hundred percent fully understand how a lot of these AI systems work when they train themselves. They they refer to them in the industry as kind of like black box solutions because. You know, there's these, you know, you've seen, like, these examples of where they make, like, hypothetical faces or they can identify objects from pictures. All of what's going on under the hood is not really well understood. We understand the basic rules we've given it, but after that fact, you know, after those initial setup, we don't really know how it's doing it. So these systems that kind of learn how to drive based on example and watching other driving videos that have happened and, you know, reading data from all the other cars that have been driving. It's fascinating that it works at all, but it's hard to reproduce and it's hard to know how we would adjust the parameters when you don't really get how it's arriving at the conclusions it's arriving at. We're a long way. We're, I mean, but I do believe similar to how we looked at horse and carriage. If, if I said, Jason, here's your horse and carriage, make life happen. You may laugh. Well, maybe not Jason. Jason will have a good Jason time. Jason would that. do it. But I think our <laughs> I think our grandkids will look at us someday and said they drove. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I, I mean, but right. we're a long way. We had uh, we were fortunate to have uh, New York City Traffic Commissioner uh, Sam Gridlock Sam Gridlock Sam Schwartz on. He had a pretty intriguing book, and 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 one of the intriguing statements is that you could potentially be arrested. For driving. driving about mid-century is mm-hmm. what he was claiming. And I thought, wow, <laughs> that's, that's a large claim. But it could happen. It, it could happen. I mean, and I, I hope there's always going to be a niche for human driving. And I feel like there yeah. I think be. so, yeah. I mean, not anytime and, soon. but No, yeah. we're a ways away. I we mean, are. I feel like it's several decades away from before we're there. I think we'll see things that are pushing that level four, you know, upper level four kind of boundaries. I don't even know if we'll ever officially get to level five. I think we just may get into this asymptotic kind of level four that gets closer and closer and closer, and we'll just adjust, you know, how we drive and the infrastructure to make it make sense. And so it'll be effectively the same as having a fully autonomous car. But the idea of just plopping a car into any situation 
and having it be able to figure out absolutely everything, I feel is maybe a little unrealistic and maybe not the best goal. Maybe our goal should be really good level four with infrastructure that makes sense. Um, you that's know, the key, the infrastructure. Yeah, but who do you think yeah. would get to level five first? Well, that's what Elon is trying to... I mean, right, I think but, there's some of that going on. Elon's like, I did it, but it's but not... But it's not really it's, done. It, that's not coming to Marketplace, but but no. I think the way... And you guys check out the article. Uh, Jason, where's that? Is it on Jalopnik? You just... Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, the, yeah, there's, yeah, just an article on Jalopnik. Um, it was from like last week. In, you know, it's just... If they Google Elon Musk, very close autonomy it'll come up yeah, yeah you guys got to read this article because it it makes you question like i get the marketing um sizzle mm-hmm. i mean i get mm-hmm. that i mean he's he's he got to be commended he broke into the you know to to build cars and and produce them uh at scale it's not an easy task yeah. mm-hmm. i mean it, it, no. it almost doesn't happen but once every uh what 40 50 years that someone's lucky <laughs> enough to break through the fact that he started a whole new car company that's doing as well as it is as that's genius. Yeah. Yeah. for electric yeah. cars yeah. is amazing. But the guy has plenty of issues as well. There's <laughs> plenty of times he gets, I think, a little ahead of himself. And I think this is one of those times. He, you know, His claims of, I think he's greatly diminishing how difficult Level 5 is. And Tesla has a history of just trying stuff. Like, right. Remember the smart summon thing that they did? Oh, yeah. Where, they, um, where you almost like whistle summon. for your car? <laughs> Come over here. Right. Here's the amazing thing about that. Like, it, it was a very much a beta thing. There were people reporting all kinds of issues they had with it. It didn't always work that great. And they just introduced it and let people do it. In, and they kind of were able to because it was designed for use in private parking lots and not public roads. But if I had a 4,000-pound remote-control car full size and i took it to a local target parking lot and i just thought i would drive it around and play with it i would be arrested within probably minutes and yet that's fundamentally no different than what tesla is doing with the, their smart summon beta there yeah this it's is a lot giant so... remote control car and it's uh <laughs> yeah we can yeah there's a lot to work out uh certainly can appreciate the technology but we're not ready i mean uh, yeah. for sure. Jason Torchinsky, writer, artist, and mostly indulges in his disturbingly deep obsession <laughs> with cars. We are so grateful you could stop by. Thank you so much, Jason. It was a lot of fun. I really appreciate you guys having me on. We'll yeah, catch you Jason, again thanks. for sure. Yeah, you guys make sure to get on to uh, jalopnik.com. Check out uh, Jason and the whole team over there. They really dive in and, and, and bring you right there without all the pomp and circumstance. And once in all, yes, you open up uh, a can of Elon Musk video. And in fact, that video, guys, I will tell you, I watched that and it was very strangely presented. I mean, it was. I, you wonder, is it like, Elon, do you have, like, where's his PR people? Because right. the way that video was, it was, it was like there was this droning noise. It was, it was weird. Yeah. Guys, did, did I also hear like he was kind of soliciting candidates to work on the project too? Did, did was, I hear that wrong? I get the whole Chinese translation thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Remember, this was in Shanghai. They, they, they sort of translated it, but it was just very oddly presented, but people are cool with that. I yeah. mean, it's like, here's Elon showing up, Joe Rogan, yep. past the Dutchie puppy <laughs> left-hand side. I mean, it's all good. $1,000 per share stock. We're cream. And I know there's a lot of you Tesla fans out there. We're not knocking We're Tesla, not. but uh, we like to report on Elon. He's actually an exciting character. He is. And uh, the industry is grateful to have his brain. Yes. We, didn't, we didn't get a chance to talk about the boring company. Oh, we didn't. Huh? Yeah, he's doing the boring thing, but not as fancy or sexy as no. it was on paper. It's just a tunnel, people. 
<laughs> it's a tunnel. <laughs> All right. Well, we enjoyed hanging out with you guys. Remember to get on to WrenchNation.tv. We will be back with you next week. A big thank you to 90.7, 88.7, and KFNX. As I tell you people every week, be safe, hug each other, and never forget to hug a mechanic. 2020census.gov, City of Chandler, Mark Stewart, City Council person. I, I got to ask you the big question. Where will Chandler be five years from now, and why is this census important for that? Well, this is huge because it's going to give us funding for roads, federal funding for medical buildings. For every person that's counted in the census, it's up to $3,000 a year. 2020census.gov is where you need to go. 2020census.gov. Make a difference for you, your family, and your community.